0: All right, here we go. Episode 81 of Nothing to Say, The Fans Podcast. Got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to in a very short amount of time, so we'll just jump right into it. Sam, we have a guest with us this week, and I'll let you introduce him, considering you know him much better than I do. So, let's roll.
1: (laughs) Uh, He's a recurring guest on this show. One of my roommates. One of the best people in the world. One of the best sports minds to ever grace this podcast. He loves Andrew Wiggins, loves <laughs> Justin Herbert, to a fault,
2: Brandon Walsh. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm happy to be back. It's my second time on the podcast, and let's get rolling. All
0: right, let's do it. So, first things first, we are introducing a new segment this week. Hopefully, it's going to be a reoccurring segment on the show. It's called Best and Worst in honor of Dak. Prescott's deal. The segment is going to work like this for this iteration and moving forward. Sam and I are going to give you a best list and a worst list. It's either going to be top three, top five, top ten, depending on what is appropriate at the time. Because Dak Prescott just signed a, I don't know what the appropriate word is, massive deal with the Cowboys, I think feels appropriate for right now. We are going to do a list of the top five best and the top five worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And the reason why is because is Dak Prescott a top five quarterback in the league? In my opinion, he's not, but he's getting paid like one. Sam is going to have the worst list, the top five worst, or I should say the bottom five worst. I don't know how to word that. we I'll have the top five best quarterbacks in the league. So, Brendan, you are our honorary guest. Which list do you want to hear first?
2: Let's go with the best,
0: and go then go the, the worst. All right, so I have the top five best quarterbacks in the league. So I went back and forth for the better part of an hour over who I was going to put at five. I really could have gone either way. For me, since I was the one who made the list, I put Deshaun Watson at number five. That's the fifth best quarterback in the league. Now, all these quarterbacks are going to start getting signed here shortly. It's going to be interesting to see where Deshaun Watson goes. Before I move on, do you guys – at this moment in time, do you have a guess at to where he's going to go? Is he going to stay in Houston, or do you think he's going to go somewhere?
2: I see this playing out similar to the Anthony Davis in New Orleans situation where the team says they won't trade him, but he will refuse to play until he ultimately has to be dealt. But if I'd love to see him in Chicago. I think that would be... See him go against Aaron Rodgers two times a year—that would be insane. Is—is is that one of the teams on his his preferred list? Does, does he have a preferred list out there? Rob, if Russell Wilson has a preferred list, then I'm sure Deshaun does. Or Washington would be cool.
1: Because I know the Jets are like his main. I, I
0: don't understand that. I, why, why? I keep I so apparently Denver keeps getting thrown around. No, no well. way. I could see no that. No way.
1: Yeah. John Elway loves his quarterbacks. Yeah. But
0: why? If you're Deshaun
1: Watson, why would you want to go to? Uh, Denver, that division, like you're going to be playing for almost second or third are every for year. Second, yeah.
2: Anywho, one question on this list: Are we, are we going off of 2020
1: season? We're going. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're going off of based off of pretty much based off of last year. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Total recency uh,
0: bias. Right. Exactly. On the website, entrepreneur. Hey, sh- whoa. Website, recency bias occurs. Yeah, is that what
1: happens? Google. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Google. <laughs> In case you guys wanted to know what recency bias was there. <laughs> All right, so number four on this list, I put Josh Allen. I put Josh Allen as number four. I was close to putting him at number three, but since we are going off of recency biased, I had to put Mr. Tom Brady at number three. At number three, I, I can't not put him on the list, especially after what he did this past season i almost felt like i needed to put him higher but i i couldn't i couldn't get myself to do it number two i put patrick mahomes might be controversial might be controversial i'm not sure but i'm sorry i still think as of right now based off of last season that aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback from top to bottom in the league so i love that for you From five to one, Deshaun is five, four is Josh Allen, three is Tom Brady, two is Patrick Mahomes, and one is Aaron Rodgers. So who was... Agree, disagree?
1: Who are the names that you're grappling around with that number five spot? Because that's, I think, probably the most um, contested spot.
0: So there are a couple names that came to mind. Russell Wilson came to mind, obviously. I started looking at stats between the two of them, and, and they're really, really comparable between Deshaun and Russ. I think some people, some people might lean towards putting Lamar in the top five, especially if you talk about his MVP season, but I don't know, last not year my he roommate. just didn't, yeah, he just, uh, <laughs> he, he didn't, he didn't look the same. Man, not a yeah, he didn't look the same. It seemed like defenses got a better understanding on how to, how to handle Lamar, um, I don't know. I just I I couldn't. He regressed couldn't a little. Bit. Regressed there. a little bit as a thrower of the football, for sure. Yeah. Was he ever? And so that, those were those are really the two that I. Um, not Dak. That I, that. No, not Dak. Not Dak. And so the question that I immediately got asked because I, I, as soon as I saw that Dak, got signed to this deal. I immediately went on to ESPN Radio and started listening to, to what everybody was saying. And the big question that – it was pretty much the sole question that was being asked and that was being debated was not if Dak Prescott is worth that amount of money because they're I mean, I don't know if you guys used to listen to Mike and Mike back in its heyday, but they used to have a saying – that was you're worth whatever a team is willing to pay you. So maybe Dak Prescott's – like, there are quarterbacks in the league that are better than Dak Prescott, but he is worth the amount of money that he got, clearly, because Dallas paid him that. So it wasn't that question. It was more of since he's getting paid like a Deshaun Watson, like a Patrick Mahomes, what happens to the expectations – for the Cowboys and for Dak, and it was basically because he's signed to this big giant contract. Does that mean that he has to win a Super Bowl, or they have to make a Super Bowl run, or they have to be in that conversation? And there were a lot of good arguments for both sides. And I'd be curious to hear what what you guys think now that he's getting paid. Well, the deal is four years, hundred and sixty million dollars. What does that mean for the expectations for Dak going forward as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah.
1: I don't I don't think it is fair to um just put that kind of pressure on one guy. I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't made a Super Bowl in the last eleven years, and he's still worth that much that kind of money if you were gonna pay Aaron Rodgers the Dak Prescott contract, right? So I don't think it's fair right. to automatically thrust that upon Dak that they have to to make a Super Bowl within the length of this contract. It might be the natural expectations that come of it, and that might be the story that the media will thrust upon it, but who knows what actually Dallas is expecting from it. I don't think it's necessarily worth it, because it is hard to make the Super Bowl unless you're Tom Brady.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: I agree. Brendan? I think the expectation has to be that they're at least playoff-bound or bust. They, with that type of money, they're they're jeopardizing the entire rest of the team. Seventy five. I read from Adam Jeffrey that seventy five million in the first year. I don't know how that works, but
0: okay, I think it's because of the signing bonus.
2: Okay, well that makes sense. But you you are jeopardizing the quality of all the other positions on your team with the contracts they have. Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, Ezekiel Elliott already on the books. I, I don't think he's that I don't think he's that good to get that type of money. Like yes, he's the best available option on the market for them to get, but the expectation has to be NFC championship with forty million a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Has to. Yeah, they should at least
2: get to a conference championship. Especially with that Here's the- with that, like the history behind that team, America's team. The media media is going to be hounding him in that team if they
0: go 8-8 and
2: or 9 So I have –
0: so let's say Marcus Mariota signs with Washington, which is – I've heard his name in connection with Washington, which by the way, if that happens, then that will be two quarterbacks that we called on this show much Mm -hmm. before anybody else was talking about it. Um, Let's say Mariota goes to Washington. Who wins that division? Washington or – Dallas, because i think dallas has the better quarterback but washington is clearly the better team
2: absolutely i i just don't think that dak prescott is a quarterback that can propel his team over the hump
1: a lot of you're you're looking at his stats right now (laughs) yeah for the for our listeners that can't see i'm I'm looking at dak prescott's year-by-year stats and they're pretty uh Yes, but how many times
2: are how many games are the Cowboys they have to score forty points to win a game? So those numbers But is
0: that that's not his fault though.
1: He can't play safety too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not his fault, and I don't blame of course you're gonna take that contract if it's offered to you. But I really I if I was a better and I was putting money on it, I would honestly go with Washington. I don't think Dak Prescott is that is the X factor enough to push them over the hump. I think they have so many holes on the other side of the ball. And a, a washed Ezekiel Elliott, who's making $13 million, you still have to address the offensive line because all those guys are aging. And look at Washington's young stars they have. Quarterback away from being a legitimate contender. But
1: if they can't, if well, they can't find that quarterback, that team is stuck in mediocrity. Now Dallas has that quarterback. They've, show, they've sewn up that position which is the most important position Mm -hmm. to have success in the NFL and there's only what seven quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are probably better than Dak Prescott that we can comfortably say maybe conservatively nine quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott and what he's done in his career and he's being paid like the second best but he's that's just because he was available if Deshaun Watson was available this year he could have been Garnering that much money, Russell Wilson got close to that much money. Like this is just another thing. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff were the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. At mm-hmm. one point, it's just how it goes. And now those contracts look awful. Yep, terrible.
0: So who's to say this isn't going to look awful in a couple of years?
1: Well, we just don't
0: know. Here's the hmm. here's the thing. If Washington gets a good quarterback, I mean let's let's think about this year in the playoffs. Washington gave. Tampa the biggest fit, mm-hmm. by far, out of any team that they came up against. Washington's defense is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Their offense has enough pieces that it allowed for Taylor Heineke to – And I, now, let's just be honest. He played out of his mind. He played really, really well in the role that he was given. I don't think he could have done any better than what he did. But he's not – obviously – We don't – well, I guess I can't say he's not because we really don't know what type of quarterback he could be because he hasn't been in the league. But at the same time, if Washington gets a quarterback that is halfway decent, like a, let's just say better than Taylor Heineke for argument's sake, argument would – I mean history would tell you that they're going to win the division just because of how well that team is constructed. If Marcus Mariota goes to – Washington- hell, even if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes to Washington and plays as well as he did in Miami, I think Washington runs away with that division because Dallas's defense is just so bad they're just so bad, and I don't think you can flip it on its head in one year i think I think maybe you look at Dallas to win the division maybe two, three years from now but but not next year. I think there's just too many holes that they have to fill
1: i think I think we're forgetting that. It's not like Washington was this world beater that went out and just dominated their division. They went seven and nine last year. And Dallas finished right, they did. six and ten with Andy Dalton and Ben Danucci at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like why can why would why are we assuming that Dak Prescott is not enough to propel Dallas ahead of Washington? Washington played lights out and maybe it was just one of their years where everything came together, where that defense was playing out of their mind, uh, backing Ron Rivera during his fight and uh, coaching, like he coaching staff was getting their message across to the team. The roster really came together behind Alex Smith, all these things happening that it was just their year and they could just
0: fall, fall off next year.
1: That's a total possibility.
0: Well, here's the thing last year, and Washington had their share of quarterback uh, issues as well. But when Alex Smith was their quarterback, they were 4-1. and one. They were 4-1 and one as a team when Alex Smith was their quarterback. And I think we'd all agree that right now Marcus Mariota is better than Alex Smith. And so I'm, I'm just saying that, like, Washington with a comparable quarterback around them would be a very, very – scary team to come up against just solely because their defense is just so good. And if their offense can be good enough, then they, they'd they be a really tough team to beat. So, mm. so that was a big conversation that sparked off of the, uh, well, who hang on. Did somebody What's else have something now? to say? No, I'm just
1: saying like they lost both games to New York last
2: year. Yeah, by a combined four points.
1: But that's...
0: <laughs> but again, New York started to come on towards... They have a very a good 10, defense as well. They could easily be
1: 9-7. Oh, they eight. lost they both eight. games to a bad team. They could easily be 9-7. Oh my gosh, you could say that about literally every team. That they could have done something. With, they lost to
2: the Lions too. With Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and Kyle Allen. And Tyler, they had like five different quarterbacks starting games. Imagine one consistent... Wow, they beat the Niners last year. Yeah, how does that feel? Well, that's they lost
0: to Carolina! Why are we all of a sudden... Wait, again, you're looking... But again, you're looking at... No, I gave... Just
2: gave you... what They beat the Steelers 12-4. Oh,
1: oh. Well, I distinctly remember that the last time you were on the show, you were backing the Pittsburgh Steelers That's the best team in that division. And look how that turned out.
0: here's here's the thing though none of us can really say with any confidence that washington is far and away like because i get what you're saying i get what you're saying sam I, i i see the point that you're trying to make but the thing the thing is is that there's an argument to be made for both sides one they didn't have a consistent quarterback so you know, you can look at their record and go, okay, well, they were seven and nine and they lost all these teams. But the other side of that is that they haven't had a consistent quarterback with this roster. So, based on how they performed, being seven and nine with five different quarterbacks or four different quarterbacks throughout the year, you'd think that having one sole guy would help the team and propel them to, I don't know, maybe a nine and seven, ten and six record. Who knows? So, But that's just, you know, again, we'd have to wait and see. We don't even know who's going to sign with Washington. Maybe nobody signs with Washington. And Taylor Heineke does get his shot. But, but wouldn't you say that? You know, we'll see.
2: We've seen – I feel like we've already seen Dak Prescott's best. Yeah. And that
0: best is well, – th- Well, the thing is is that we don't know how, exactly what he's going to look it, like after the oh, – And that best is –
2: NFC East champions and getting trounced in the first round of the playoffs. Hosting a playoff game and getting blown out in Jerry World. See,
1: you're you're saying a players, a specific singular player's best, and then you're using team performance. Look at Tom Brady. To that. So is Tom is Jimmy Garoppolo right now better than Dak Prescott because his team has gotten further? No, when did I say that? I didn't say that? But that's so like. Dak Prescott almost put up five thousand yards in a season. Yeah, because his defense is so bad, he has to throw for four hundred yards a game to compete. And he has the
0: capabilities to do. But that. again, you can't. Yeah, I so I see the argument that both like you can't count that against Dak. You can't say, oh, he has to throw for five thousand yards because his team is 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 terrible. That shouldn't be a knock against Dak. He can't control the That's defense. That's like
1: throwing in that sense. shade at like. Deflating Aaron Rodgers' stats when he had a shitty defense around it, or Drew Brees' stats, like those. We're just saying those are great. Yeah, there's your, there's your guy
0: right there. Yeah, oh, exactly. There's there's your guy right there. Drew had to do that. Drew threw for five thousand yards for a lot of years. Oh, he was pulling that team to defense. eight
1: and eight, and the roster around him was awful. You think you think Dak Prescott is that?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, he had that type of year. No, with in twenty
2: nineteen.
1: Yeah, with elite
2: talent around him on the offensive side of the ball. But we just said his defense was awful.
1: Yes. So you can't say elite talent. And then he's got an aging offensive lineman. We already know what Zeke looks like. That's not elite talent in the run game. So the wide receiver core is maybe be the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Mm-hmm. For sure. But Dak Prescott elevates. The, I mean, Michael, Michael Gallup didn't look like the same Michael Gallup last year with Dak Prescott not throwing run on the ball. Amari Cooper had an off year. The only guy that looked like semi-good with Andy Dalton was C.D. Lamb. Ben DeNucci. throwing the ball down. Ben, ben DeNucci. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable paying well, that much money to a guy who hasn't... I, I I know these contracts are based off of what you've done in the past rather than what you're planning on doing in the future your potential, but has his past warranted
0: that? Here's the thing, though. Can we can we all agree on this though? No, like, absolutely. good oh, for Dak. Like, like, absolutely good for him for for betting on himself and and yeah. winning in this way. Like, this is a huge win oh, for that's a, NFL that's a huge players. Win for all quarter, bets. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. for Josh Allen. Those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm
2: saying, oh, my God, $126 million guaranteed. Imagine when Lamar Jackson gets his contract. Josh, Josh Allen. Josh, they're not going to let Josh Allen yeah. go. Kyler I mean, Murray when he's up. Arizona's going to pay I guess I, guess I can't so, fault Dak for that. It's just the you're, – You're faulting more Dallas. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think it was smart on the Dallas side. But just, and, I guess this is the league we live in well, with star, star quarterbacks have to make – 40-plus if you want a somewhat decent chance to compete. Hey, just wait when Justin Herbert
0: right. is up. Well, here's – so before we move on to Sam's uh, part of the list, just the contract <clears throat> breakdown right here, the deal has a maximum value of $164 million, including $126 million in guaranteed money and includes two key details. This is coming right from the NFL Network's um, – <clears throat> website there's a no trade clause and also a no tag provision so they can't trade him and they can't tag him that must have been the part that they look at that like so negotiating the whole time (laughs) right so prescott's deal averages to 42 million a year over the first three seasons with 75 million in the first season and the reason for that is because there was a 66 million dollar signing bonus is Dak's uh, a. And by the way, is he moving up in the world? How do you think? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, too, that was a huge part of this as well. This is a four year contract. Dak is 27, so he'll be mm. on the market again when he's 31 mm-hmm. years old. Also, that, I believe, is the year yep, is. that the new TV contracts kicks in. So then, boom, the salary cap's going to go. Way up, and then now you're mm-hmm. going to have we're, like we're baseball like, type first. Station again in four years.
2: That's crazy. He can get another an even bigger. There you go. In four years. How do you think Jerry? Yeah, yeah think assuming Jerry he Jones plays felt, well. Like a couple. I feel like a couple years ago, the team was in control of these contract talks, and all of a sudden, Dak Prescott like did a complete 180 and got complete control of these negotiations.
1: Well, it didn't. It didn't make sense. Whenever you you were hearing Jerry Jones's quotes, like Dak had all the leverage, seemingly from like no, like it was two weeks into the off season. It was like, oh, we're negotiating with Dak's team, and then like two weeks later, it was like, oh, Dak has all the leverage. Yeah. Like we'll do whatever he wants. Like does he have like dirty pictures of Jerry Jones know. and Stephen Jones? Like what happened it in that time? Flipped. Oh, he must have worked out, and they were like, "Wow, know. this guy, this guy's bionic leg that he has—it's going to make him better than Lamar Jackson at running." That's the only way.
2: Because it seemed like when he was balling out in the beginning of the season, they weren't mm-hmm. willing to pay him, and then gets hurt, which you'd think would diminish his value, but all of a sudden, no—like they were like begging to pay him this money.
1: I don't know. Desperation move.
0: It'll be interesting to see what this what uh Dallas looks like going forward Jerry after Josh. this cuz this is big money. This is big money and I and I agree with you Sam in the sense that I don't think it's fair to put all of this on Dak Prescott. I think I think it's obviously a very reasonable expectation for them to win the division each year, but they need to sure up a bunch of other things before they can realistically look at winning the Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. So that was a long-winded oh, like conversation off of, the, off of the list of – Oh, it did. Absolutely. That was the biggest thing in the news. I'm just glad that the Niners didn't commit right that now, much money so... to a QB. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I agree. So to recap the list real quick before we get to Sam's list, number five on my list of best quarterbacks in the league was Deshaun Watson, number four was josh allen number three was tom Brady, two was Patrick Mahomes. number one was aaron Rodgers. so sam oh and i guess there's one thing that i forgot to mention in these lists sam doesn't know my list and i don't know his list i don't know what order he put his, his in or who is on that list as well so this is we're all hearing this for the first time as well so sam go ahead five worst quarterbacks in the league starting number five a minimum of 10 one games. of the hottest commodities
1: in this NFL offseason. Where is this man going, leaving MetLife Stadium, leaving the green and black, but he had an awful year last year. Samuel Darnold. I actually don't know if his official name is Samuel, but I'm just assuming. You were probably named after him. That's what happened, yeah. (laughs) And for this list, we picked QBs that it started at least 10 games. Or played in 10 games. Did he say that? Jason, did you say that? I
0: did. That's okay. We are just
1: on a wavelength. I did. So that's number five.
0: Number four, hits a little close to
1: home for Sam. Nicholas Mullins of the San Francisco 49ers. Number four, worst quarterback coming off last year. Number three, the other guy in MetLife Stadium, a little harsh because maybe people said that he was getting better. Look at the stats. It didn't look like it. Daniel Jones, Mister Slippy Slippy himself. Oh my goodness! Okay, number two, the man that resides in the mile high city. True, it's not a lock if he's starting. Lock. Did that? Did that work? That didn't make any sense, right? That Yikes. nickname.
2: You could have hit a home run with horse, but uh, you didn't. You didn't go up that alley. And so, number one. Worst blank lock. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> no surprise here. <laughs> Carson wins. Oh, ah, he's about to throw. Oh, he's back to throw. Oh, it's an interception. Turning the ball over more times than he scored touchdowns. Carson Wentz. Right off the bat, I don't. Yeah. See how you could put Daniel Jones as a worse quarterback than Sam Darnold. Okay, so how? So I have to. I have to. Mentioned the honorable mentions that almost made it, almost had the honor and the privilege of being included into this list: Tua Tunga Viola mm-hmm. of Miami, Mitchell Trubisky, oh, class. probably a frequent frequent visitor to this list, maybe Ooh. not anymore. Sadly, Cameron Newton had a possibility oh. of making this list. Hey, hey Hill. I have a strong possibility of making this list. Okay. So those are my honorable mentions in my list. Can, so what you, are we can you address the point that you, how do you think that Daniel Jones is worse than Sam Darnold? Oh, you don't think that Sam Darnold's a better throw of the football than Daniel Jones? What makes you say that? Uh, his arm talent. I mean, the thing that Daniel Jones has, I guess, is his running ability. Gosh, Sam Darnold's stats he, are so he bad. He had nine passing thing.
2: touchdowns and eleven interceptions.
1: It's in two fumbles lost.
2: If, if you watched the Jets game, it was like hard to watch.
1: But who is Sam Darnold throwing to?
0: Yeah. So here's the thing with Sam Darnold: we can say that last season he was probably in. The category for one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But here's the thing: nobody actually knows what Sam Darnold truly is, and the reason why is just because he he hasn't literally like no quarterback I don't think could have succeeded in the circumstances that he had around him. He has had absolutely nothing but inconsistency from oh, his had, players, had, and his coaching Gase. staff, really quick, really quick, from really even his I health. Agree that Adam Gase has to be a candidate for the worst head coach of all time,
1: <laughs> <laughs> not of all time. Yo, Jim uh, yeah. Too, yeah. So
0: my my favorite my favorite thing that I've heard about uh Adam Gase, and this was uh from Greenie, who is a diehard Jets fan. He he says it consistently on the show. He's like, I don't think anybody's ever done a job uh-huh. worse than Adam Gase did than, worse. at coaching the New York Jets. Like he's like, but I don't even I don't think it's the possible. Guy that, uh, <laughs> he um, coached the
1: Browns the year before. Freddie Kitchens, yeah, that's up there. Mike McCarthy, you don't think Mike McCarthy of Dallas is up there? What as one of the worst coaches of all time for his Dallas run? That's
2: one year he did. He did a pretty good job in Green Bay for a couple of years. What has Adam Gase ever done? Uh, he he earned this. Uh... He made Ryan Tannehill look so bad. <laughs> that he had to leave, and then he got a massive contract. Yeah, with Tennessee. Watch, watch Sam Darnold be amazing next year
1: wherever well, he is that, goes. Where yeah, he stays, yeah, because he's better than With, he, has, he has Robert uh, Daniel
0: Jones. That's why
1: he'll be amazing next year.
0: So, so Sam Darnold, yeah. I so I don't think, I don't think he can be judged really yet. And I know that we're going off of last season, so it's fair to put him on this list. But in terms of overall, he. Is somebody that you just can't really judge. I think you have to look at him like you look at a rookie quarterback because you just you need to put some people around him and, and see what he can do. Because right now we we really have no idea what he what he can do. So let me just ask this one question before we transition off of this. And Sam, oh. I I do actually like you. So that's another telling. A for lot Sam? of gripes with that. Um. I, I don't uh I don't disagree with with almost anything. I uh, yeah, no I don't think I can think of anything off the top of my head. Where so about Sam Darnold real quick, just real quick. With the New York Jets getting a whole revamp of their coaching staff. There have been a lot of people saying two things. One, he should get a new cha- he should leave New York. New York should trade him have the new quarterback, not only for the Jets' sake, but also for Sam's sake, because people are saying that it's, it would be good for him to have a change of scenery and just mm-hmm. total, have a total reset somewhere else. But then on the other side of that is the Jets did kind of reset. You know, they didn't reset the quarterback, but they reset pretty much everything else around him. So what do you think makes the most sense for Sam Darnold? Do you think it'd be better for him to go to a completely new place, like literally start over from ground zero, or would it be better for him to stay in New York where they sort of did reset,
2: uh, just not with the players, just with the coaching? Like, I would love to see him go to Pittsburgh and sit under Big Ben for like a couple games or a season and learn from him, That's a good call. and then you could take over that team. But I, I, I don't think they're going to give – I think they're going to draft it quarterback number two overall or if they don't trade down and get a weapon i would hope to get a weapon for him but i think he still has potential i really do and if it's not in new york some other team's going to give him a shot and he'll show that he has some talent remaining but i mean if you back to the daniel jones thing. <laughs> why do you want to go back to the daniel jones is is jameson crowder not a good wide receiver he didn't play the whole year but Dan Jones is enthroned thrown to like. Sterling Shepard? Evan Inger? The most BS Pro Bowl selection of all time. Was he
1: a Pro Bowl? Yes, he was.
2: Wow. I, I just don't think the. Yes, the culture and talent around Sam Darnold has been terrible, but like, has the culture and talent around Deshaun Watson this past year, was that not awful? Okay. Deshaun Watson, we just established, was a top five QB. We're talking about the five yeah, worst. But I think, I think the looking at Sam Darnold in the in
1: eyes of like a rookie, I don't think that's fair. So, so Jason, to to your point, I think it would be great for both New York and on, Sam Darnold. It's the same situation as the Carson Wentz one in Philly. Yes, they're reloading, and it's totally different scenery around the QB position. But I think it's best for both parties if they just get a fresh start mm-hmm. somewhere else. I think getting Zach Wilson in, who's getting like a lot of a lot of love, a lot of love for this draft. I think getting him in would be awesome with Robert Sala. It's like create. It's like getting rid of all that bad funk, funk within the locker Club. room, you know. Uh, and then for Sam Darnold to go to Pittsburgh, that's a great call. Right. That would be amazing for him, especially if they were. If yeah i keep, i really uh, like that juju they have a bunch of weapons around them they just need to get maybe some o-line help they have a great defense around there and he's going to one of the best coaches in the nfl mm-hmm. and big ben we don't know how good big ben is at necessarily teaching or giving his knowledge yeah. to younger <laughs> guys but uh theoret- in theory it looks really good i think just for sam Darnold's career he he just needs to go somewhere else yeah. Even Washington would be, but then I, that's throwing him in the fire. I think a little too fast. I think definitely throwing him to a place that's like he doesn't have to be the man right away would be huge. Like, but would you not say
2: with Washington's current option, the Taylor Heineke? I would say Sam Darnold's an upgrade from
1: that. No, no, for sure, he'd he's a more, better
2: player. He'd have more talent around him than he did new york but but you could actually see his potential it's like a flyer
1: but he doesn't have that that ability to like make that that confidence you know yeah like he's got like carson Wentz. say if he he's going to indianapolis and he the first three games plays like he did last year his confidence is shot yeah so with sam darnold he's sort of that same way where like he regressed last year obviously like not a lot of people are able to see the talent that he has and see that potential. Mm-hmm. If he were in a coaching or in a, a franchise that was patient with him, that nurtured him and was like, Sam, you're our, our dude, but we're just going to take it slow, man. Like, we want you to have the perfect – like, bring him in at the perfect time like what Miami did with Tua. I think mm-hmm. that would be the perfect situation with him. just
0: give it – I agree, and I have been fully convinced that Sam Darnold to the Pittsburgh Steelers is the best option for him. Thank Absolutely. You. Great call. But what would they have to Brandon? give up for Great that? Great call. Nothing.
1: Man. I, I don't man. think he... You don't think he's garnering his second-round pick right now? Third. Uh, second, ooh, third.
2: I... I mean, if Carson Wentz got a second, maybe. But well, I, I think that if I was Washington and I can't get Deshaun Watson, why not call New York? Take a fire on him, similar to what the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts. If they don't draft a quarterback, let him throw him into the fire. See if he can play with some talent around him. And if not, then he but draft it could a just
1: it could just end up like Dwayne Haskins, though. No, you can't risk that again. I don't know. Dwayne Haskins might be the worst first round pick in recent memory.
0: <laughs> oh, no. well, you must uh, be forgetting about, about that market. I don't know. <laughs> really? He the Raiders, yeah.
2: Did we did have, he throw some parties? We really? Right down the street. No, he was too busy eating.
1: Oh, he wasn't watching film and Kids? setting up on the game. No, he was like, no. he was just eating yeah. outside. You could right. just see him yeah. in his backyard, just barbecuing. His... Oh my god! There was but here's
0: the away. thing. Here's the thing with Sam. I, like, I do agree. Right
2: outside our door, Marcus Russell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got some. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We gave you that incompetence. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, to, to, to round out the Sam Darnold conversation, I agree. I don't think he should go to somewhere where he has to be the man right away. I think Pittsburgh would be. And you want to talk about the most stable franchise probably over the past, you know, twenty I mean, years, Orleans, roughly, Indian next Spartan to too, New I England. You, it's been. You would have to.
1: I could start Jameis. He that's, would have to compete. Yeah, that's for, true.
0: Like, yeah to compete
2: everyone, and he knows I'm not the guy.
1: But Drew Brees might come back. Please God, no, don't come back. But that would be like the perfect. That would be exactly that would, that would be like
2: perfect. Yeah, exactly
1: Brees, like Chris
0: if Drew Brees came. Yeah, if Drew Brees does come, Drew does come back, then he could, you know, could you know learn. Yeah, I, I, than I than so.
1: He's probably the best offensive line in the NFL. I'd
2: much rather learn under Drew Brees and Big Ben. And they have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. That would be a
1: and Jared
0: Cook.
2: Don't forget about Jared Cook. Great spot.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But here is the thing. Here is the thing too, is that I, I don't know. You don't know what you are going to have with Jameis, and with Carolina seeming to be clearing room to really try to go after Deshaun, (laughs) I think Teddy Bridgewater like. Is probably not going to be with Carolina, and there was the I idea like that. that maybe Teddy just goes back to New Orleans. I mean, look how well he did! Look how mm-hmm. well he did when he he, he was He's undefeated like, as the Drew starter there. Last year. So maybe maybe send yeah, so maybe send Teddy back to New Orleans. So New Orleans is going to be interesting to see who is under center for them because they have a lot of different. They don't know if it's going to be Jameis. They don't know if Teddy may, might come back. They don't know if Breeze might come back. And hell, they have Jason Hill, but that I don't Drew think Drew isn't coming so. back. I would I as honestly as the biggest Drew Brees fan in the world I he Make should just go to the booth dollars. and be oh my God. Monday like... night. Right, you listen, you listen, yeah, you listen to him talk about the game and the way he dissect. Like you think, like like Tony Romo, well, and God. I'm not saying he's going to be as be better, good honestly. as Tony Romo, and that'd, that'd be really hard to do. Tony, Tony's, he he could yeah. So the argument would be is that there's. There's two different skills there. There's one, there's dissecting football, and then there's two, there's being a commentator. And Tony seems to be good at both, like, and really good at both. Drew, you have one of the all-time great quarterbacks in the booth, and Tony's not one of the all-time great quarterbacks. Drew is. So it would be interesting to get his perspective, because it's not like it's not like you have Peyton Manning up in the booth. that He's not doing that. Brett Favre was – never in the booth who knows what if brady's ever going to go to so you don't have these like top five top ten quarterbacks of all time in the booth now drew would be a top 10 quarterback of all time and he being in the booth you know he's going to be amazing to listen to breakdown film but there's another skill there yeah that i he would have to develop And that would be coming across as a good commentator. Because look at Jason Witten. Jason Witten was saying he was not very good.
1: And um, in other segments that he's done with either the NFL or ESPN or CBS, it really, I think the success of Drew Brees hindered in in the booth, if we're just assuming that he's going to retire and go to uh, call games, it really comes down to the guy he's working with. Because Tony Romo gets to sit next to maybe the best, Ever oh, do it? I top five at least in gymnastics. Like, what a luxury that is! And he, yeah. yeah, obviously he had to put work in to pick it up quick. But it's maybe a little easier when you have He's, a guy that's been doing so many big events for so long at such a high level. Yeah. I mean,
2: ESPN doesn't really have a good play-by-play. Mm-hmm. I don't. I really don't feel like they do. Do you
1: think Troy Aikman is a top ten quarterback of all time?
2: is alive to watch Troy. Well, I mean
1: Joe Montana is definitely a top ten quarterback of all time, but we weren't alive to see him.
0: Throw hey it. by the way, I just have to throw this in there. For anybody who for anybody who like and I know you just mentioned Jim Nance, there was uh this whole week on uh on Greeny's podcast he did an interview and on his radio show he interviewed He had a Legendary Voices Week where he was interviewing Uh some of the legendary voices of sports broadcasting, and he interviewed Vern Lundquist, Al Michaels, Uh Bob Costas, Doc Emmerich, and Jim Nance, and listening to all five of them recall some of the events that they've been at over the years was so, so cool. It was so fun listening to – even like – I don't I don't know if it was Doc or Vern. I think it was Doc Emmerich who was the hockey guy. I'm not 100% sure. But even – it was either Doc or, or Vern, and I I think it was Doc. One of them was a hockey uh, commentator for the longest time, and I don't watch hockey, but listening to them talk about it was just so much fun. So they they condensed all the interviews into one hour-and-a-half podcast, so shout out to that show because those interviews were amazing to listen to, and Jim Nance was the last one, and jim was was really fun to listen to as well. so um, they're also doing a, a legendary voices week this well with five new people as well, so but I don't think they're going to get a bigger lineup than the one that they had last week. so um yeah i I, I think drew would be i do think Drew would be great in the booth. At least I hope he would be great in the booth. It seems like he would be. Um, so I, I think the best thing for him would just be to retire and go down as one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time.
2: Isn't he, like, second all-time so, in passing yards? Yeah, he has, like, all the stats. <laughs> don't say maybe. Yeah, yeah just, say a
0: little, maybe. just a don't, little, just a little disappointing in the, in the team success
2: category. It's all good. All now. right. He won a Super Bowl.
1: Well, like 17 oh, years ago. Know. He...
2: He he's he's gonna be two thousand nine, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah it's two thousand nine. It's the same thing with Rogers, dude.
0: Was it nine? Or it I six? mean, I'm just oh, going six. Off six was the year after his team is wildly um,
1: performed year after year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chase is gonna so move on. I have a question for you guys now. Yeah, just, uh, I'm just gonna move on after you said. that. <laughs> <laughs> well. I think... Okay, it doesn't
1: right, we're just... <laughs> Drew Brees sucks. That's the bottom line. All right. He was almost in the top five. Top worst.
0: This is terrible. This is terrible. All right. So, oh, shut up. All right, so... Earlier this week I heard something on ESPN that I thought I would bring to this show because I thought it was great. They did a top five list of this. I don't want to do that because I think it would one take too long and I just I don't want to like just pull segments from ESPN. But I thought it was a phenomenal question. And it was what are what what is again, it was a top five list, but I'll just ask you guys just brainstorm off the top of your head. Maybe one or two events. One or two events in sports history that you, you you wish you could have attended that you weren't present for and this could be any sporting event ever in the history of time forever and ever so what are like just some games on games or events off the top of your head that you guys can think of that you um, weren't there for that you would me, have the liked. the first thing that comes to mind to was that
2: for. uh NCAA championship game between Villanova and North Carolina where Chris Jenkins hit that buzzer beater, that was in recent memory. One of the best college basketball mm. games I ever saw. And the shot Marcus Page hit—I think that was his name—Marcus Page hit right before that to tie the game. And just imagine, imagine being there, watching. Like if I was a Villanova fan, watching your team hit a buzzer beater three to win a national
1: championship—that's mm-hmm. the one that comes to my mind. Do you? So I—the way I think of this is. Um... What teams, yeah, like, are... I'm a fan of where I would want to go back in time. Ooh, got it. So, I would go to um, the Will Clark – no, uh, Jesus. The Joe Montana catch game back in the day in Candlestick. And game wing no, stop, Ka-
2: stop.
0: stop. No, that's not that big
1: of a <laughs> – uh, and then I was thinking of – I think it would be cool to go to the Michael Jordan shot against Utah game – Game six, and being in the stadium for that.
2: we going to Kobe. Uh, Kobe's last yeah. game—that would be pretty cool.
1: Kobe's eighty-one point game.
2: Well, I, I don't know. I feel like. going Oh
1: no! No, I got it. I got it. Golden State, don't you? In do. Oakland, you do. game seven.
2: Shut
1: up. You see LeBron going down the court. Andre Iguodala, ball in hand. Goes up for the layup. LeBron comes out of nowhere like a superhero, like Black Panther out of nowhere. Puts the, slaps the ball against the glass. And they go down. Kyrie hits the shot. Warriors lose. Wouldn't you want to go back to that moment?
2: I mean, if you want to play that card, let's go to the that would game be, against the, be, the Kings game against the Trailblazers, where you blew a thirty-point lead and let David get it.
1: Uh That one doesn't count because <laughs> I was at that game, <laughs> so that does not count for this conversation.
0: All right. <laughs> so I got, I have, I have like two, I have like two that I could think of, and there's like one sneaky one that I think would be really fun to be at. Um. I've never seen the Raiders in the Super Bowl, so I would just love to go to one of their Super Bowl wins. I think that would be fun. To, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that would be fun to, to celebrate uh, because I, 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 guess, I don't know if, contract. It's, gonna happen, or if it's ever going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think another game for me, I think the very first game back in 2006 where the Saints reopened their – stadium after hurricane Katrina that was the Steve Gleason blocked punt game where they just obliterated the Falcons I think that game would have been so much fun to be at because of the atmosphere there and just everything that took place in the in the years prior and what that team meant to that city at that at that time and still does I think that game would be a lot of fun and then honestly and I I kind of want to throw this in there because I've never been to this type of sporting mm. event. I think watching Tiger Woods win the Masters yeah, you get to follow him all day Sunday. Twenty nineteen would have been oh. a lot of fun to be at. Yeah, I think that would uh, have been fun. I think. Um, I think that would be really uh, cool.
1: Going to I can't remember what the best El Clasico is, but going to like. Madrid to see Barcelona, Madrid, Ronaldo versus Messi back in the years, maybe like 2011. Or a World Cup final. Oh,
0: Yeah. So there was a call. Yeah, there you go. So there was Wait, a caller ahead. that this called in. Be, in be one I, of I your think first off, I want to say it was Dwight
1: Clark. Great one. Clark. Clark <laughs> is the uh, Giants player, so that's might be. But Mike Bibby hitting the shot. Oh, against geez. the Lakers, being in the arena that night. Are you? Joking oh yeah, out? that's easily yeah. The, probably the best Kings moment. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's not even that much
0: Yeah, so yeah, I think that yeah. would be. <laughs> no, that that would be that'd be a fun game to be at. I would love to be at a I, honestly any one of those games where the Kings were just actually the Kings back in the day. That would have been fun to watch because we really were too young to really appreciate it. So that, that would have been a lot of fun. Um, and there, anyway, so there was a caller that called in that said, the um, Dream Team, back in the day, one of their in-practice fair. scrimmages against each other. Because you always, I mean, and you got a little glimpse of it in the last dance, but... Like there were obviously like stakes that were put like bets and stuff that were being put on between between them and but honestly like that was probably some of the best basketball that's ever been played ever in those practices and nobody yeah. really got to see it
2: but
0: a, just to be a fly I on the wall for those that would have been what about that would have been cool I
2: thought that was a great Cubs call. game where Steve <laughs> Bartman reached out and put his hand yeah and interfered with that Moses was, something? yeah other? I don't know who that is who it was, but imagine just being in that stadium and hearing the reactions that guy got right after doing that.
1: No, dude, sit right next to him and stop him from doing it. Yes, that.
2: move his head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow.
0: What, about, what about the game that people talk about as one of the best basketball games of all mm-hmm. time, the Duke-Kentucky game, the Christian Leitner game? Yeah.
1: What about like uh, the kick six game?
0: Ooh,
1: that's a good one. Was that in Alabama or is it in Auburn? Ooh, yeah,
0: yeah. At Auburn,
1: was it? Oh, so they were going crazy.
0: I think it was in Auburn. Yeah, let me see. I think it
2: was Kentucky or Auburn. The Christian leader buzzer beater. The one where he Uh, turns
1: around at the (laughs) foul line.
2: If I had to pick one, I'd probably say the
1: I'd probably say the Chris Jenkins. Yeah. Chris Jenkins. Yeah, that That's was. That's like not... one of the best college basketball games of all time.
0: Honestly. So I'm looking at a list right now and on this website they have the Villanova North Carolina game as the number one basketball game college basketball game of all time. And Oh, no. This one has Duke UNLV 1991. Hmm, That's interesting. But, yeah, I thought that was a great question. I thought that was a great question. That honestly probably deserves more in-depth thought, but just a little spitball right here. I thought that was a really, (laughs) really cool topic. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: the Cal-Stanford game where the marching band ran onto the field. Imagine being in the crowd. That would be hype.
0: What about the What about the Deshaun Watson Man. Clemson Alabama game where they won on the very last play yeah. for the national championship? That'd be a fun one to be at. There are there just there so many good. I had I was it. It was either was it Bob Costas or Jim Nance. One of them said. They would have loved to have been at pointed. the Babe Ruth game, the infamous Babe Ruth game, like the legend of when he like supposedly pointed. And he was – I don't remember if it was Bob or, or James yeah, who, who said – I just would have wanted to be there to see if he actually did it or not because – yeah, or if like he was just kind of swinging his One bat and kind of looked like he – they were like, does. yeah, I would have wanted to judge it that on? for myself. <laughs> I'd, I'd what about when Mike Tyson movie. lost
1: in person?
0: Or, yeah, Ollie, Ollie Frazier.
1: Ooh, Which, Steelers by the way, was like the 50th really, anniversary that of that. That was a fight. really good Super Bowl
0: um, just recently.
1: Sorry, Brendan's just going through like a list yeah. of them. How is the Kentucky Dirt Horse Racing? Whoa, dude. Just disrespect all of our listeners. Horse racing analysis.
0: The fight of the century would have might would have been cool to be at. The all the Fraser fight won, which by the way, that like I said, the 50th oh, anniversary this. was like a day ago. Yeah, I I, I got a lot of these. Yeah. A lot of
1: there's a lot of gymnastics represented on that list. It was like a hundred moment, top 100 sports moments. A lot of gymnastics. Yeah. Olymp- Any David.
0: Olympics would be fun to be at. <laughs> seen Michael Phelps set the record, maybe? a Ah, Jeremy
1: of a little lead. is a enough of that.
0: Yeah, it was just a fun. It was a fun conversation that uh, that I think we can maybe talk about a little bit more uh, in the yeah. future. Um, so we can move on to some basketball news because there was a, an inter- an interesting trade that just got made. Well, not a trade, actually, mm-hmm. an interesting signing that just happened recently, and that was Blake Griffin in the Nets. Weird stat for you guys: Blake Griffin hasn't dunked in a basketball game in two years. So there's that for you. Not the same Blake Griffin that we remember veteran minimum. And I believe Blake Griffin is being signed if I remember the analysis correctly as uh, well probably a veteran minimum but maybe like hmm. a small ball center, center center coming off the bench. So, what do you guys think about this? Does signing Blake Griffin all of a sudden make Brooklyn even maybe more the favorite I if forgot you think they're where the favorite to win the championship right now Instagram or what, there, what does that what does this do for the Brooklyn
2: Nets odds to win? The championship went down after they <laughs> they signed him. And I this as soon as they, I saw that too, actually like not dunking in two years, I was like, is this what Zion Williamson's gonna turn into in like ten years? Because I see everyone keeps comparing him to Charles Barkley. I think he's like Blake Griffin. Like prime Blake Griffin, like Clippers Blake Griffin. That's, That's who I call. see him being like. But I really don't think Blake Griffin's gonna put him over the hump. That Nets team just needs rebounding and defense, and I feel like... Keep rebounds? Andre Drummond would have been the... I mean, they still probably can get Andre Drummond, but... I mean, they could trade for him, or they could wait till he gets bought out, but... I feel like if I were the Nets, I would have waited to see what Andre Drummond's situation is before getting Blake Griffin. But, hey, yeah, I mean, it's a big name, big market,
0: I mean, Mm-mm. this is this is a guy who two years ago was averaging twenty-four points a game, seven rebounds, five assists, and almost a steal a game. And now this year he's averaging twelve points, five yeah, rebounds, three assists, and almost a steal. I mean, a I game. feel like
2: injuries got the best of him. What he lost I mean, all what his happened Athleticism, like? and that was his. I mean, that's what Zion Zion's skill is his athleticism. So take that away from a high flyer who relies on dunking the ball for a majority of his points and he's gonna go to the bench i mean if this is this is the best place to, to win a championship i think this this move this move and if i'm sure they're going to get another guy in the buyout right now yes it is. maybe some real competition for the Lakers. big time real competition
0: yeah, so let's let's e- let's evolve this question. Let's evolve this question into who? I because we haven't really had a chance to talk about this. Who do you guys think is the the favorite to win the championship? And we'll we'll quickly skim through this because we don't have to How get the, the NBA uh, All Star Weekend, which I have a hot take about that, by the way. So. <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> no, but bet against LeBron <laughs> <laughs> just
2: because he's LeBron. That's like betting against Tom Brady. I feel like similar to it. Yeah, but. I don't know. The Nets team on paper looks a lot better than this. Especially the Lakers are playing Like Joe Harris is just a better Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Like if you look, like compare each position, like the Nets are significantly better at every single position. Besides, the Lakers are by far better defensively. Yes, but you have probably three of the top. Yes. Six, I would say three of the top five most skilled offensive players in the league on one team. But who guards AD? Who guards Kyrie? Who guards James Harden? Who guards Kevin Durant?
1: But they can only score so much individually. Like, if one of them has an off game, they lose that game probably. You think? Maybe.
2: Any of those guys yeah. can drop 40
1: on a given night. So if one of them has... But a if off... one of them's dropping 40, then that means another one of them's only scoring 10 James, in their 13 James Harden has
2: completely transformed his game. He's having, I don't know how many assists. He's averaging 10 plus assists. He's taking less shots. He's like the point guard.
1: He's he's becoming like an elite playmaker now. But I think the Lakers actually match up well against Harden cuz they put AD on Harden and it kind of neutralized him in that okay. last playoff series. Would you I would say that Anthony
2: Davis is one of how, how many plus defenders does do the Lakers have? But Schroeder
1: on Kyrie. He's a good defender, great defender, great. That's a great defensive matchup. Like yeah. you live with that if you're like Kyrie is going to be, he's going to get his, but it's going to work. Who's going to Who's going to guard James Harden? AD
2: you or
1: either. So you would have to put AD on KD mm-hmm. if you're comfortable with that. But I would be more comfortable with LeBron guarding KD because yeah. I think just the, like the intimidation factor, like they may, they I would may like KD may not look for his shot as much, or their offense may be like, oh, well, LeBron. Like, let's go away from LeBron. I mean, LeBron might not even guard
2: anyone. Any he like might guard Jeff Green Joe, or Joe Harris. I you don't want LeBron. I mean, running around. I mean, KCP would probably guard James Harden and then AD on um, KD. But I don't know if they get. I feel like Andre
1: Drummond is a game changer mm-hmm. for them. But the Lakers can get Andre Drummond. Like, if the Nets get Andre Drummond, that might be some of the best collection of talent with mm-hmm. the NBA has Better ever than seen. The Warriors team. Oh, for sure. Way, way deeper than that mm-hmm. Warriors team with KD. Yeah.
0: So, right now on DraftKings, it, mm-hmm. The betting favorites right now are still the Lakers at plus 250.
2: Interesting question.
0: Out of those then five Brooklyn players, comes in Kyrie, at plus Harden,
2: KD, AD, LeBron, do the Lakers have the best two of those five? I think that I would take Brooklyn's top two over the Lakers' top two. Like, as good as LeBron is, James KD, and KD and James Harden is better than no. Mm -mm. I don't think I don't
0: because AD right now is better than Harden. I don't agree with that. I really don't. I would take LeBron and AD. AD played like I
2: really
1: don't think Anthony AD has had a better playoff consistent playoff performance than James Harden has. Like James Harden obviously has the MVP. He's been a number one on his team. But if really if we're looking at playoff performances, and that's really what's going to be the deciding factor. I think Anthony Davis has shown that he can play off of LeBron in a in a number two role.
0: Well I let's just look at what the Lakers that's look at what the Lakers the have looked like on
1: the Lakers without
0: Anthony Davis recently. No, don't say that Jason no <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. He right now well, no, what? No, <laughs> no, he very, he very, he very well Jason. may be. I, there's a difference between being the most important player. No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. There's a di- listen. There is a difference <laughs> between more, being the most important, important player right. versus being the best player on that team. So what? What do? What do,
2: So I, I'm asking. I'm
0: asking. What? What LeBron delineation are, are you trying to make sense? on that team.
1: The yeah. Lakers right no, now. Are no, the like in terms. Seed if Le- if you if the roles were roles were reversed and Anthony Davis was the only star, the Pelicans they're the, Pelicans. They're the eighth yeah. seed to best sixth seed. That's the difference. And LeBron in the biggest moments last year closed. Unless Anthony
2: Davis. Anthony said Davis like, is. I think Anthony Davis is overrated.
0: Whoa. Yeah, but but so did Davis.
1: Just like Steph Curry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. like into...
1: now, he's not. Yeah, he's guy. not. You
2: you really would take
1: Anthony Davis over James Harden right now? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, because Anthony Davis is still on the up and up, yeah. Harden's yeah. Like he's his high right now is higher than AD. Look, James Harden stats. Like right now? Yeah. James. Okay, I do have to
0: say that um We Jason know what James 80. Harden's stats are. Big I have him right James here in front Harden of me. Either.
1: Like he has so much hate in his heart for James, James Harden. James next James Harden is way different than Houston James Harden, dude. I don't
0: I don't I don't I hate him as a
1: person. Kane. Can I get like Yeah.
0: Let's I got it, 25 points insane. per game, 8.7 8. rebounds, 11 assists per game, 1.3 steals. It's actually, right now, with Brooklyn, the most assists that he's averaged in his Like, career. this guy
2: who people said is a ball hog, his ISO, is leading so. the league in assists right now. But he's led
1: the
0: league in assists before. James he has he has i'll give him this he has gone to brooklyn and looks it looks as if he's walked in and said you know what i will do whatever it takes to make this team work and i know that we were having sam you and i had this conversation a while back for how how in the world that we thought these three guys were going to work together, and you and I both—we weren't right pointing now, at no James Harden as being the problem. We were pointing at Kyrie mm-hmm. being the right. And right now, there's no problem. And I—that's probably yeah, he's, he's in part, fully in,
1: taken on probably solely
0: because of possible, James Harden,
1: which I don't think any of us thought was
0: possible. Right. And Kyrie has also, you have to give Kyrie credit, done a very, like, he's done something that I don't think anybody thought he was going to do, which was hand the ball over to James Harden and say, you play point card. No. I'll play off ball. And played, I don't think anybody again. saw yeah, that coming. T- and it's working beautifully.
1: 14 and
0: 11. But...
2: <laughs> Worst defensive team in the league.
1: Oh, by far. Whoa, anybody anybody
2: can do do that 15, game. 14, and 30? <laughs> what is Anthony Davis doing this year? His leg every other game? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's on the floor every other game. I've watched so, watched so many Lakers games. We have watched so many Lakers. He's like on the floor holding something every game. I've watched
1: more Warriors games this year than Kings games. Well, because they're on national TV, almost. Sorry, you guys are night.
2: not must TV.
1: Oh yeah, because the Warriors are getting blown out by like thirty <laughs> is must TV. Right.
0: So. So I got to fit this in here because we haven't talked about All Star Weekend, um, and I'll just I'll mention it really quickly. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but. The three-point contest last year, this year, and probably the year before that as well has overtaken the dunk contest for being the most exciting event of the All- of All-Star Weekend. Probably, yeah. So Steph won it on the last shot, which it's always fun when it comes down to the very last shot. I believe Buddy Heald won it on the very last shot as well. Oh, that was awful. The year that he won. But the dunk contest this year was a Wait, smooth you the best. contest? It was
1: so bad. bad. It was contest so was bad. It was so bad. In the I format,
0: say, I would argue that
2: the, year the, the dunk Aaron, contest. Aaron Gordon and was and then Aaron Gordon and Jones Jr. Those were great dunk contests. Which was Aaron Gordon was last year, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but you get the star power with the three point contest. Like you get. KD's done it. Paul George has done it. Steph, obviously, Clay, uh, Kyrie has done it. Like you get a lot more names in the three point contest, and usually guys put up great performances, except for Paul George that one year. (laughs) But usually guys are putting up like huge numbers. Yeah.
0: Do they? Do you guys think that that the NBA uh, should just get rid of the dunk contest? I would well, I think to they had to do that this year because it was more than just All Star Weekend to begin with. Like, I, but, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be interesting to get like
2: some real
1: professional dunkers.
2: dunkers in it to go against. Like, you can still have NBA players, but you, I just think it's it's worn out because there are only so many dunks that you can do, and we've like all seen two. like the craziest stuff. Like Anthony Simons won by kissing the air, because he jumped <laughs> and he the rim. It would
1: have been a sick dunk, though.
2: Yeah, but... Like, you can't have no... Yeah. I, I'd rather see, yeah. like... Like, Jordan Kilgain. It would have been. Name, like that.
1: The dude that does the behind-the-back. Yeah.
2: Like I'd rather see that than Obi Toppin and Cassius Stanley. What if, like, pro-dunkers teamed with yeah, a like, dunk yeah. they, they, contest contestant? Um, and... Can we just get rid of the talk about skills challenge? <laughs> Please. Robert yeah. Covington flew to Atlanta to lose in 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Chris,
1: Paul, Luca aren't trying, like, to, obviously. to
2: it up a little bit. It takes yeah. 10 minutes or 10 seconds to go through that course.
0: Like, they got to do a backflip yeah. <laughs> into, <laughs> a, into a
1: in bounce a back.
0: <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's not – yeah, so maybe it's – yeah, maybe – Maybe it's not a matter of getting rid of the event as a whole. Maybe it's just a matter of they need to they need to spice it up a little bit because it's become so it's, repetitive it's that you just when the best it's not even exciting. Dunk,
1: dunk contests are Obi Top and Anthony Simons, oh, no, who's no, not so even a really dunker, yeah. and um, I can't remember the other guy, Keshawn Stanley.
2: Well, I feel like it hurt. It hurt definitely hurt because there's no crowd, so like after the dunks, there is not really that much noise. But even the like it was during halftime. Which was kind of odd, mm-hmm. and there were some players watching, but it was like Robert Covington getting hyped. I saw Robert Covington on the sideline getting hyped. No, not, not even the players cared about it.
1: You take you take Steph out of the three point contest. That might have been the worst. Those are like the... not
2: even sharpshooters, dude. Well, I know. Where's Redick? Where's Buddy Hield? There's Jalen Brown. There's Joe Keating. Harris. Joe Harris would have been sick too. Donovan is Donovan Mitchell like a even forty percent three-point shooter? Mike Conley actually looked pretty weird, though. Like, that was weird. That was just, like, the best they could the, put together. I think,
0: I think this year he
2: has... And then the their reasoning for giving Chris Paul and Luka Doncic buys, like, because Chris Paul's a veteran, It just, it, I just feel like they shouldn't even have, have had an All-Star game this year. It was yeah. so thrown together and you could visibly tell that no one cared about it. I mean, the All-Star game itself was what it always is. It was pretty entertaining to see Steph and Damian Lillard shoot from half-court a bunch of times, but... They need to... Should they get rid of
1: the captains? Because they Like, no. KD would be fired... No, but see... This, but see, like, here's... If was, he was the GM of the team. the most
2: interesting part. The draft before is the most interesting but part.
1: so, Like, those teams were oh, so, so unfair.
2: unfair. Oh, so unfair.
0: But here's the, here's the thing. It's not a matter of if they should have played the game this year. I don't think. And I had heard a lot of talk about this earlier in the week on whether or not they should have played the game or they shouldn't have. I heard both sides, and I settled on the fact that I agree with the fact that they definitely should have played the game. And the reason why they should have played the game is because, you know, for us for us watching as fans, it's – again, it was an underwhelming – product in that sense but you have to look at it from the nba's perspective and the nba's perspective the nba is a multi-billion dollar corporation and the all-star game brings in a lot of revenue and it's a big part of their season so when you lose out like the tv networks are and the nba is they're not just going to go no we're not going to play the Mm -hmm. all-star game Like, no, we're still going to play the All-Star game because it generates revenue. They're a business at the end of the day. The NBA is a business. So it's not a matter of whether or not they should have played the All-Star game because they definitely should have. But what they need to do is address the format of NBA All-Star weekend because the three-point contest is only semi-exciting. But it's only exciting when you have names. The skills challenge is just stupid. Honestly, you could get people from the stands to do the skills challenge, and it would probably look the same. <laughs> and then the the dunk contest has become so repetitive yeah. that it's almost unwatchable. And the game itself has fun moments. I enjoyed watching Dame and Steph do like a half-court three-point contest at the end of the half. That was fun. It's kind of cool to watch some of the yeah. players interact with each other. They're lazy. So, the, so it's not a matter of Even the All-Star weekend itself. Baseball, it's just the format. I would they say, need to you, revamp. You said, the entire people, weekend, 98 of them say and stop doing the same more thing. More exciting than watching
2: baseball, but baseball's All Star Weekend is so much more. Are you kidding me? The home, the home run derby is ten times more exciting than a slam dunk contest. Well, dude, you just
1: said. No, they're both they're both each. But I feel like the, the home run derby event. would be more comparable say the to the slam dunk
2: contest, contest, contest. Is the biggest
1: NBA event and the home run derby? But yeah, what you said. But no, the dude. Aaron Aaron Gordon versus Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine times two was way bigger than any he, home run derby. I think the home run derby is the same thing every year
2: and it doesn't get boring. But the slam dunk contest is the same thing every year. There's yeah. some pretty bad home run
1: derby years. Who doesn't want to see dudes hit nukes? It just depends on who's in it. At least base At least baseball
2: gets big names to do their event sometimes. There's That's so, true. there's I feel like there's only so many, even a base, you hit a home yeah, run. I don't, I mean. I could watch dudes hit home runs all day. That is, might be a personal opinion, but I could watch a home run derby and be entertained. But watching Cassius Stanley do a pretty impressive dunk, it was pretty impressive, but I was just bored. Like, I was not entertained at all.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it wasn't no. uh it really wasn't all that exciting or worth watching it's it's weird to say but it, it's weird to say that the all-star the problem, game Steph. was the most entertaining part of the weekend Absolutely. because it normally isn't but it was mm-hmm. it was the most oh yeah <laughs> so many people team. so many people were talking about that i i can you yeah. imagine <laughs> those two were actually on the scene I mean, even lebron they to really they seemed to like really, like seemed to really enjoy it too
2: <laughs> so you, I feel like what, um, I, I think I've talked to Sam about this, and you disagreed with me. Do you think right. that? Well, first, I don't like the Elon ending, or Elon whatever it's called, where you play a target score. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that. But do you think they should put some incentive? To no, not not at all. I think that would enhance the product yeah. so much if you put home court advantage. Like the MLB All Star Game is competitive, dude, because they put. Home field advantage on
0: it. It's not competitive though. But here's the thing: I feel like I feel like the with within baseball, you're less. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. But maybe you're. I think you're less susceptible to getting injured in, in baseball as opposed to maybe suffering a severe injury in in, in basketball. And I, I don't know. I. I think it would be totally, totally inappropriate to put home court advantage for the NBA title on the uh, on that game because let's say let's say for example that this year's All Star game did have that and they did have an incentive to play. Do we really think that Team LeBron would have had any chance of losing that game? That game that that team was so much better top to bottom than team Durant. And it would just be a matter of who, not only that, but think about, you know, who Which was injured and who didn't play. In that game. Did. What if one team, I mean, for whatever reason, a has a bunch of it. stars who are injured that, and know, they have BD to do a bunch of replacements.
1: But even sense. if it was that, like, right, exactly. Was out. KD was out. Simmons well, but, yeah, was I don't out. think you could count this year because of, but it could happen any year. Yeah, but not
2: Simmons Sim- Sim- and, Simmons and MB were out because of covid
0: protocol. It could. But here's the thing too, part of the part of the fun of the All-Star game now is watching players from east and west play yeah. on the same team together. And you eliminate that if you just went east versus west. But I don't know well, if you're going to put incentive like on the game, No, that wouldn't be something other,
1: other team LeBron, than team because LeBron. I don't know what it would be. Do you right. You have to change it
2: east versus west
1: if you're going to do that.
2: That wouldn't. Yeah, the draft is the most
0: exciting part. Right. And I'm saying that change. part of the appeal of it is watching. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not only that, but seeing two, players three, two, from three, East and two, three, two. West on the floor together on the same team. What? Ooh, so I think that? if you're going to put incentive on like it, you need uh, something else. So the east, so they go back home to court East and in West, in
1: the and then the East chooses three representatives, and the West chooses three representatives, and they play a three-on-three half-court for what? For uh, points. So whichever team gets the most points at the end of the weekend gets home court <laughs> so like so like they have to the the west and east have to give like their best dunkers their best three-point shooters and then you go down <laughs> no, the line terrible. of all-star weekend like the rising like the the best young players i have a question so, so you're just gonna disregard what i just that was, said that...
0: I think so. No, 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 no. So I, I actually think I actually think that is a very interesting idea. Um, but I don't think that putting home court advantage for the finals on the line is I like is that. a good idea. But I, I, I like they get the like idea of bringing and they get like in like East versus West, million dollars and being each East versus West for charities. all three events. Yeah, they maybe you put that, a maybe. Yeah, a you put money, money incentive not only mm-hmm, for the players, but they also did for, it to, um, for yeah, charities just, and stuff. Because that's one of the cool things about All Star Weekend is yeah they, yeah. So what? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you could keep that charity uh, money going in as well, but maybe also yeah. like, I don't know. You also give players some incentive. So like maybe they get like a a million dollar bonus each for winning for winning mm-hmm. uh, well, Foster Weekend. so I, I think that would be they interesting to, to make it the, East and West for all to, the, I
2: love me some Warriors basketball, events, but they need to change and then the Rising have it be Stars. Because there's no way in hell oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. that Michael Mulder deserves to be a Rising Star. That guy averages five points per game, and he's 26. I don't like they, the... they have to... The world is yeah, yeah, not... The world in, it's so disproport It's not like baseball. You can do that in baseball. But the world... There's not... I mean, there are a lot of stars from the world, like from other but countries, anymore. but not a lot. The proportion between USA stars versus international is
1: just—it's not comparable. Like when they started it, it was probably like it was Jokic Luka. and yeah, Luka and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, yeah. one of the best foreign players
2: in the in the league. But the like the stars on the world team were like Brandon Clark. It was it was Lou Dort, was, uh, R.J. Barrett. Gosh. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, what was more exciting, this dunk contest yeah. or that team dunk contest with Harris uh,
1: Like, and Ben McLean, yeah, like years in the past, and Damian Lope. Well, they had uh Paul George, Terrence Ross, and John Wall on the, the east side, which was actually not a bad, but like they were just all taking turns doing dunks and like. A
2: minute. It was this is the so weird. weirdest
1: thing I've ever seen. Anywho. dude, move us along, bro.
0: Um, so I have to move us along here because we don't have that much time, and I wanted to. I we got like we got like six minutes left, and I wanted to get in one in thing. Yawanda. Brendan, you may not have much to contribute to this, and I apologize for that, but. Um, Sam and I have talked about it pretty much every week. Yeah, since it since it just ended, I feel like in the last five minutes we have to throw something in there because it did just end. Um, you happy with the way that uh, it finished? And for those of... For anybody yeah, who hasn't I, watched it... Uh,
1: it definitely didn't end. Finale, like, I didn't like, it, and like and the turn quick because it right it'll be spoilers. Like he's just Sam some going. random dude that happens to be the same actor. I don't like that uh, aspect. Um, I think how they portrayed Wanda at the end, like her getting the Scarlet Witch, like chaos magic power, and then her having to give up her family, which was kind of a nice part, but they like kind of portrayed her as a, a villain and how she was like tormenting these people. And then at the end it was like, Oh no, she's like a, she, she gave up her family. So it's all good. Like what she did, blah, blah, blah. It was like, no, no, she actually like tortured these people for weeks. Yeah, but Monica was like if only they knew like what you had to go. It was But like, none of the like none of the people show, were happy with her. Us as the audience should forgive Wanda for what she did. But in fact, like she was being entirely selfish throughout the whole ser- series and then at the very end it was like, okay, I guess now that I have no choice, I'll give up my family. No,
0: Right. Yeah, it wasn't a very redeemable moment. I don't think she's a villain, per se. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely... Agatha? I thought the, the last fight scene between her and, um, whatever the other... What was her name? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was clever with the whole, uh, ruins on the sides of the hex. I thought that was really interesting. Um... Hell, I didn't even catch that. It was actually Brie because I watched the finale with her, and I was like, "Ruins? Where the hell did the ruins come from?" And then she was like, "That's what she was doing when she was blasting the wall." And I was like, "Oh, but isn't the okay. isn't the so, yeah?" That totally slipped by so me. But Alex, once I, I once she pointed good, that out, I thought awesome. that was really really clever. Well, I think. I think everybody so else can, just, like, can but Wanda, like, now. at the end sort of changed just, her to keep her there. Um, <sighs> well, that's – I mean, she's the Scarlet Witch. So she...
2: I really liked the <laughs> – The Scarlet uh, Witch is, like, one of the most – she's, like, was, like, on the oh, level of, the like, real. Doctor
0: Strange. <laughs> that was actually <laughs> kind of cool. Um.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> And so, okay, oh, so Vision's alive now. Where'd he go? <laughs> right, see that was the oh, that was one of the biggest up, questions yeah. for me coming out of this episode was where where'd he fly off to? <laughs> like he got Yeah, right, like where like where could he have possibly gone? There were people theorizing that his last memory was of him in Wakanda, so maybe he thinks that he has to go to Wakanda, and he just flew there because that's the last thing that he was alive for. Um, and he obviously doesn't know anything that's happened, but I don't know. I, like he just he flew through the roof, and I was like, oh, okay, so like he's gonna you know like go see Wanda afterward, and then then we'll be all good. And, she'll, and did like, he,
1: get her did Vision back. end up telling her that he wasn't there? The other Vision he just left. Was
0: now? I was like. Where'd he go? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so that was another thing too. Like yeah, why don't didn't he go? go oh hey, me. by the way. Like just letting you know totally chill. that android that was like trying to kill us. Yeah, he's good now. So you don't have to worry about him. Yeah, like I'm actually die, I'm so, in him, like, so, so when this whole hex it. goes away, just like turn around and I'll be I'll be white, but I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, and my my dad was mad that he was back because he was like, at some point, you have to feel like these characters, like, there's actually consequences for them. Dying. Well, Black Widow, because back. you know, Vision died, he came back. <laughs> um, Gamora pretty much died, she came back. No, Black Widow's not coming back, but like, for... Colson Coulson died, like but then he came he back oh. in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series, oh, okay. so he's Remember. still alive. No, that takes place after he died. They they went through a whole, they went through a whole thing of how he died and came back. Um, did you like uh, Ralph Boner? And I never again. I never watched the end of the series, but so maybe yeah. he died during the series again. I don't know. But no, I did not. I thought that was dumb. I I mean, I it served as a funny punchline, I guess, for like half a second. But the mm-hmm. honestly, the dumbest thing about that whole scene was when. Like two seconds before like Monica took him down and took that necklace, he like ran around the room and like mm-hmm. poked her and she went flying across the room. And then I was sitting there and I wa- – she did the takedown on him and I was like, you mean to tell me that that guy didn't, I don't know, yeah. see that coming? And even if he didn't see that coming, started to run and like didn't get away from that, like come on. <laughs> it was a very anticlimactic <laughs> scene. Now, just It didn't feel like there was any payoff. Yeah, me too. So, But I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. You going to watch any? March 24th, and then Snyder Cut's Brent coming out this month, and then uh, uh, the Godzilla. That's coming out this that month. There's a good. lot of good
2: I stuff. I want to start out. watching... Uh, oh, like, all of it. I'm all sure it. I'll have time, but... Start from like one to... Oh.
1: Eight? Star Wars movies? So nine. Nine? Well, there's two other solo films too, so... Oh, my God. How? Like, how do you... Please tell me, how do you grow
0: up? Bree hasn't seen any of the Star Wars movies, so we're going to run through it. But I haven't
1: seen them in order. I
2: don't know. I was
0: always into Star Wars.
2: I don't know. I was never really into Star Wars, Harry Potter. Oh, (sighs) I'll tell you something I was
1: very into Lego, Star Wars video games. Okay. Elite video games. But but then that never translated to watching the movie. movie. Because you're literally going through the movies. I don't think I have the attention span (laughs) to sit down. as a kid, and
2: watch a three-hour movie like that. Wow,
0: That's terrible!
1: Some of them are.
2: Those things are long. I think *Revenge of the Sith* is pretty close to three hours. It's not
0: a three-hour movie. The newer ones, the newer ones. *The Revenge of the Sith* might be the only one, but all right. So we we're uh, we're pretty much past our time. So we got to wrap things up. Uh, Brendan, thanks for coming on the show again. And thanks for, my goodness, bringing up what seems to be the best place for Sam Darnold. To go to the work. Work. That hadn't crossed my but, uh, mind at all. And now it's uh,
1: become my yeah. favorite looker. Thank you for shirt. having me,
0: Sam. Sam Darnold.
2: I hate you. Good
1: to, okay. Good, uh, <laughs> good
0: talking to you guys.
1: I
2: love it. I agree. That's what works. Happy to be on anytime.
1: I think you're, like, way better than the guy we were planning on bringing
2: up. <laughs> to <today>. Sad. I <clears> don't <throat> <clears throat> I don't think you can have three Kings fans on one podcast. Yeah, it's just oh, a lot of yelling. Worry, it's just, on just on a lot of sadness and a lot
0: of yelling. <laughs> so, thank you guys. <laughs> it's happened before. I'm not saying it's been pretty. but All
1: right, Thanks, well, thank everyone.
0: you guys so much for listening.